You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome back to a hot mess Sunday. It is. It's really messy. I've never been taller than anything. In my life, and I'm standing at the mic today, and I'm taller than the microphone. Yeah, you're making, having a lot of trouble with it. I have to like. <laughs> it helps my energy when I stand up. Anyways. Actually, a good point, especially when you're having, you know, one of those. <laughs> what I didn't get crazy. sleep last night days. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was the worst. But I you're right. Welcome. Them. It is another Sunday, beautiful Sunday in Spokane, Washington. For those of us who listen to us out of the area, and you have reached your two crazy. Hosts of this LGBT talk show. So. That's right. I know. You so. know what we should start doing? Hmm. We should start introducing ourselves every time, just in case there are new listeners. They don't know. They don't right. know. Um, I mean, you should know. But you should know. Understand. But you know, just in case you're a new listener, hi, I'm Sergey Grinkin, and I'm Jonathan Sheffield, and we are your hosts of Outspoken. I know. Where we're going to talk about everything that's going around the world right now when it comes to an LGBT perspective and news, right. and also bring you some. Music and interviews, and today it's going to be a good show. We have, uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Jack Mosey, who hails from Seattle, Washington. He is, uh, I guess I would say, a pop music artist. He very high energy, and he is going to be coming to Spokane here in the near future, actually at the end of this month. So we're going to talk to him, play some of his music. Absolutely, yeah. And then... Main Sec- guest. Exactly. Second hour, we're going to have Eric Paul Liu. He is actually a sex positivity advocate, yeah. uh, works with kink.com, and also a uh, real big supporter of PrEP and uh, you know HIV prevention. So and we've been be having a long conversation about PrEP. Yeah. And it seems funny. We've been doing it for about six months now, talking to different people and having them on and going out in the community. And I still get questions to this day. I got a question the other day from someone from Wenatchee, Washington, who said... I, you know, I'm thinking about getting on prep, but I, I don't know if I want to do it. I'm not sure this is for me. I, I want to talk to some people. And it's still amazing that we still yeah. don't know. Right. You right. know, about, and he wasn't, you know, a, a gaby. He wasn't brand new. He uh, has been, and he's a smart guy. And so it's just interesting that even though we feel like the information is coming out yeah, more and right. more, it still isn't out to everyone. And this is one of the things that Eric uh, wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important. I I agree. I think it's it's good to have that information because you're right. You know, a lot of people do kind of know about it. There's a lot of hearsay about prep, so they kind of don't really know the details. So it's it's a lot of is it right for me? Is it not right? Um, So that's interesting. And what are people going to say about me if they know I'm on prep? Exactly. Exactly. Um, This is what I always say to those people. Do you worry about what people are going to think about you if you tell them you use condoms? Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't worry about that. It's the same thing. It is. You're protecting yourself and the people you're with. Right. And so either, you know, I don't, it's, it's an interesting question yeah. because you're yeah. doing something responsible, you know. Well, I think that the, the reason they uh, really care what other people think is because there's so much mystery behind PrEP versus condoms that are pretty straightforward. I mean, right. that thing. And PrEP is still very stigmatized towards the gay community versus the yeah. straight community because condoms, that's kind of an overall right. men thing oh, versus PrEP. And yet, that's a very, you know, you're a gay man. Because, well, what's interesting is it can be used for anyone, can it, use it. True. But very what's true. interesting is you make a good point. We still see in this country HIV as a gay disease, exactly. even though it is exactly. not. And that's, I think, where that stigma mm-hmm. for this comes from. Because, I mean, let's say 
what you purport is right, and I think it is, yeah. that um, people are thinking it's for gay men. Well, they're thinking that because it's a drug that helps prevent HIV, which they still see as a gay disease. Yeah, abso- absolutely, exactly. Wow, nice Look build. at that. We just, we just solved turn. all the world's problems. Done, so I'm going to go grab <laughs> coffee. and Yeah, no. okay, we're out for today. <laughs> um, spe- okay, speaking of HIV and AIDS, uh, something we will be doing and actually uh is is a yearly thing across the state spokane uh aids walk aids walk yeah the nation there you go um that's happening in september so make sure to go uh find out where that is and (laughs) sign up and do it no uh you can go to spokane aids network they have all the information on their website uh sign up sign up on the team there uh there's an outspoken team there's an outspoken team we would uh, love you for to walk with us. Hey, Sergey yeah, and I, exactly. they're letting us have a microphone. So, I mean, again, I know it's like they didn't learn the first few times. <laughs> yeah. No, we love the people over at Spokane AIDS Network, mm-hmm. but this is going to be fun. So, Sergey and I are going to be out in the community. Our radio show is having our own team, and we want you to be a part of it. So, I think it's $20 registration fee. You get t shirts, you get our humor. I mean, yeah, right. Come on. That's, that's worth at least a million dollars. At least. Your checks can just be written directly to us. I, I love how much I, I love the value that you present. Right, um, I didn't say I was good with money. Right, no, I can tell. <laughs> I yeah. go from twenty dollars to a million. But the fun thing is, um, it's raising money for what's very important mm-hmm. in our city and our state and uh, around the world, which is HIV research right, and prevention. Right. Um, so you know, come out. We can have a good time. We're going to walk in a beautiful park. Um, so join us. We love it when you join us. We absolutely do. And like you said, good cause. AIDS and HIV is still a thing we're talking about and a big uh, epidemic. It so is. We'll it talk is, about it. And we, we, we'll talk about that with the main guest today. We and we have a couple of uh, articles about it as well. So yeah, that we want to we want to talk about. It. I do want to say anybody who is listening, let's say you have a comment, Sarah, you can always share it on our Facebook page. We love to read those. Uh, you can email us at listeners at hotmesssunday.com. Or if you have something you want to say and you want to call into the studio, you are more than welcome. Our number here in studio is 509-747-3807. You can call in, and if there is time on our show when you call, we'd be more than happy to have you on the air and have you discuss. So anything that we're discussing today... Uh, we welcome you to have a conversation with us because that's what this show is all about. I agree. Right? That is exactly what it's all about. Um, Love it. So, really off topic, but since we're in the catch-up uh, portion, not the catch-up por- portion. Not with you know, catch-up. Not with catch-up. No, no, no. no. Uh, we this are is our check-in. Check-in. That, yeah. That's better. Uh, catch-up sounds very good. Tortilla weird. chips um, or corn chips. Right. But so I, I put on my pants today and every I, I know. This Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that. What a public service. That is. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Okay, right, I'm sorry. I had to say it. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a way. No, but I, I put them on and the weirdest thing, these pants, I, I mean, I had washed them, but every time I look down on them, there's another like smudge of something or probably ketchup on there. Probably. Or, you know, like like beans stuck on my, my pants. <laughs> just, just some baked beans. Right. right and, I, and and it's it's the weirdest thing because I'll be looking and I'm like, hmm, what is so going on So these are the pants? pants that, you know how everybody has that piece of clothing? Yeah. <laughs> every time you wear it, it seems to just attract whatever food. Dirt, yeah. yeah. That's yours. Those That's pants. W- those pants. And I like these pants. So that's mm. all right. Well, I don't know if they like you, though. Yeah. Or they're just so not attractive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was reaching for that, that humor. Just, you're, you're done. <laughs> and it went you're out, done. Went yeah. out of the way. I'll say probably part of the reason we're all punchy 
mm-hmm. today is we had our first like relax yes. day that we've had in uh, two years for me. <laughs> Um, yeah. But a long time for yeah. for all of us here in studio and all of the people that work on our team. So we actually, like, I put my phone away for like you did. four hours. We didn't talk business once except when Kurt accidentally did it. Five times. Five times. So. <laughs> yeah, Kurt. just relaxed at the lake and it was nice. And yeah. so encourage everybody <laughs> to take a day to yourself. And you know what? It was perfect because this, this 100 degree weather recently just, there's nothing to do except go to the lake, you know? Exactly. That was a great retreat, I agree. Uh, I accidentally brought beans. Well, I, I purposefully brought beans. Someone else accidentally brought beans as well. So we had a whole... We had a taste-off. We had a taste-off, yeah. We also learned that Kurt doesn't know what corn <laughs> chips are, nor what a taste-off is. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he, he texts us and he says, uh, are corn chips the same thing as Doritos? Can I bring Doritos? <laughs> no, like, cor- no, nope, Kurt. No, that's you, not you it. You can't do that. No. Yeah. How uh, about Ruffles? Uh, yeah, mm, no, nope, no, nope, that's, that's not either. First of all, it's in the salsa. title. That's yeah. potato chips. Yeah. So <laughs> not corn chips. Is it fun chips? <laughs> no. Nope. Kurt, so that was a wrong. fun conversation. Yeah. Um, and then what's better is we're talking oh, about, yeah. I want to have a taste off between... A blind test, really. Yeah. Like, it's in the word. Blind One of test. our coworkers who brought beans, and then, Sergey, you brought beans yeah. to our, our little retreat yesterday, and we were trying to decide whose beans are better, and I'm like, let's do a taste, a blind taste off. Right. So I don't know whose is whose, and we'll do a fun thing. <laughs> so Kurt comes in. So this is from Sergey's. <laughs> How does that, how do you not know what a blind is? I'm like, that, that's yeah. not how that works. Yeah, right, right. Well, I'm not going to bring Tyson's in. Tyson's is inside. You yeah. can go taste it after this. Okay. It's in the crock pot, the, bl- the the orange one. Go get it yourself. You scoop it on. Right. It looks so much browner. All right, thanks, I Kurt. look at Kurt and I'm like, we are both from the generation yeah. that remembers Pepsi's blind taste test there you during go. the oh. late 80s and early 90s, I believe is when that was. I'm like... I know it saturated the TV and everything. How do what? Yeah, it I missed love it. Kurt. Kurt <laughs> didn't believe in TV. He lived in Alaska back then, and oh, he that, was probably running away from moose and bear. There it is. There's no such thing as a blind test in Alaska. You always have no. to see what you're eating. Because what if a bear I, attacks you from? I mean, just out of nowhere. You're right. It, you're right. It happens so <laughs> many times up there. All right, sorry, Alaska. and yet the bears keep missing Sarah Palin. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't get it. All right, there's a dance going dance. on. Yeah, we don't. He's, we decided he's like a little bee when they communicate with their little butt dance. That's Kurt. He's Kurt trying to has, communicate with us, but he is, and we, he forgets we're not bees. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. Okay, we're, we're crazy. I that know. was our, that was our check in. But one of the things we want to do is remind you that outspoken part of our mission is also to be involved in the community and to bring things to Spokane that haven't been here before. We mm-hmm. did the Normal Heart when it was here. HBO Pictures, the Normal Heart. Uh, we helped No Hate. Come to Spokane for the first time, the No Hate campaign. Yes. We also like to bring music and fun. And so Jack Mosey has never been to perform in Spokane. Right. So we're going to bring him. And so before we actually talk to him on the phone, we're going to play a song of his so you can be like, oh, that was cool. I want to go. Right. So. Exactly. So if you like the song, stay tuned and come to the concert. So there you go. There uh, is. This is going to be a song, Tina. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And that was Tina by Jack Mosey, who and we are about. We're about to talk to And that was a fun little dance break for us. That was. Everybody who's watching us on Periscope, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we bring <laughs> the fun. All those people. That's so, right. And you can catch us on Periscope, too, if you want. Yeah, too bad. Too bad you didn't see the Kurt dance, because... That well, too good bad? thing, good really? thing. There you go. I don't know yeah. about too bad. <laughs> okay, in our reality. <laughs> 
Okay, but so without further ado, without further ado, we are going to bring on Jack Mosey, who is a Seattle original artist, actually. Very, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Jack, are you there? I'm here. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing great. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out on your Sunday. I was going to say morning, but I guess it's afternoon. Whatever. Yeah, Welcome. thank you so much yeah, for having doesn't, me. Doesn't really matter. So, Jack, we met you actually down at uh, Mid Columbia Pride in the Tri Cities when we were hosting it down there. Uh, so we saw you performing, and we're like, "This is a high energy, not only songwriter but performer." Um, so, really, how did you how did you make your way down to the Tri Cities from Seattle? Let's begin with that. Oh, well, it uh, started last year. I saw something on Facebook about Mid-Columbia Pride, and I just reached out to them. I said, hey, you guys looking for any any entertainment? I, I do this, and they liked me, and they invited me. And, and then, I think they might have liked me a lot because they brought me back this year. <laughs> I was going to say they brought you back twice. Uh, your music is original, correct? Correct, yes. What is that process like? Because you, I mean, first of all, you do like video updates that are crazy edited awesomely. I mean, you basically you're a one man show. You do your music, you write the lyrics, you you know make the melody, you do this this video. So tell us about that whole process and when you realized you could do this stuff. Well, I mean, music has been a part of my life pretty much since the day I was born. Like the radio was playing when my mom held me for the first time, um, and. Honestly, like my my creative process is just me and my piano. That's how it always starts. It's just me sitting at the piano, and right. I have something to talk about, and we just have this deep conversation, and a song comes out of it. And then you go in like after, and you like add these these fun beats. Is that? Yeah, I mean, um, I kind of got into the whole making beats thing when I was seventeen. I uh, went to Best Buy one day. I got this little music software thing, and I started messing around with it, and. Uh, eventually figure out how to work it, and wow. um, now I'm just making beats for other people, making beats for myself, and making beats for those songs that I write at the piano. Making those beats, I love it. I love that you sit down and have a conversation with your piano. I love that. I love that imagery. Um, so you know, you start writing very uh, acoustically, but then it transitions into something so pop feeling and dance, you know, inspired. Uh, what's, you know, what is, what does that inspiration come from? The, uh, pop and dance, you know, all, all of your music is so club. Well, um, I, I love dance. Like I'm mm-hmm. not, I yeah. don't consider myself a good dancer first of all, but I do love dance music. Um, and growing up, like my mother played all sorts of music for me. I'm pretty sure, I think she's listening right now. Hi, Mom. Hey, um, Mrs. Mosey or Jack's mom or whatever. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just growing up, I, I got to listen to all this music she played for me, and a lot of it was dance music. And mm. I, you know, like, I remember being little, and my mom just grabbing me and started dancing with me, and, and I just loved the idea of dance. Um, so when I started writing, uh, I, I drew some inspiration from some of my favorite artists. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Shakira, for example. Oh, sure. Uh, is but nice. growing up, like, her first two albums were very uh, Latin and techno heavy. Right, yeah. So it was that, you know, that hitting kick drum throughout the whole song. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. And uh, I had to figure out how to do it first. Uh, and once I learned, it's like I, I grabbed all of these songs and I started, you know, basing the arrangement of the song on the idea of dance. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
I have to tell you, one of the most fascinating things, I, I love watching performers, especially live. I think you learn more about a performer by seeing how they interact with the audience. You know, even more so, you get, to, you get the preliminary by their music and then you see how they interact. When you are on stage, you are very electric. You're just, and it doesn't matter if there's two people out there or 50 or, you know, I'm sure soon to be a million. Um, your energy and your uh, interaction is very... It, you can feel it in the air. What, what does it take to do that? I mean, you, you're a very well-spoken guy. You, you, you would never know by just having a conversation with you that there is this energy hiding that's going to be crazy when you hit that stage. What is that like, and what is it like to interact with a live audience? Um, you know, honestly, I think it's where I feel most comfortable. And I think that's the, the, the reason why I have so mm-hmm. much energy on stage. I think just, you know, day-to-day... Um, I'm very introverted uh, off stage, and uh, it's easier for me to just like you know have all this energy that I'm saving up, and then the minute I get on stage, like I have to let it all out at once. And you're right; it doesn't matter whether it's one person or you know a thousand. Uh, as long as you have an audience, you have to perform for someone. You have to give it 110 percent. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, Jack, we're going to have you uh, coming back here. Uh, actually, in Spokane, no, when you're performing time. on August 29th, that's going to be at the Viking at 8 p.m. for all of those uh, listening. The Viking is actually at uh, 1221 North Stevens Street. Uh, so we will all see you there. But, Jack, I wanted to ask you uh, one more thing before we let you go and see you in about a month. Um, is this everything that you do, or is there something else that's, you know, a driving passion um, you know, for your life? Oh, my gosh, definitely. Um, I mean, two of my other passions, there's uh, one, of course, my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're my biggest support and my biggest inspiration. And then, of course, I do a lot of social justice work through Social Outreach Seattle. And uh, just these last maybe three years, I've been volunteering with them and just all the experiences that I've uh, uh, gathered and right. everything that we do have heavily influenced uh, my music my lyrics, just everything that I do. Um, you know, we have a homeless outreach program. We have a safety shuttle that runs in Capitol Hill, which is our neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do all these other projects. And, uh, you know, like just being involved with that has definitely influenced the kind of artist that I am. And I think that's amazing. With you, you get, I mean, hello, support Jack, and you're supporting a lot of amazing things that are out there. I just want to thank you, sir. I'm really excited for us to help introduce you to the Spokane fan base that you're going to have. So uh, we'll be talking to you a few times before that day comes along, and then we're going to have you on the show uh, to recap what that was like here in Spokane. So we're very excited to see you, sir. Perfect. I'm excited to be there. Thank you so much. And you have the great rest of your Sunday, and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon. And now we're actually going to be playing another of your songs. We just played Tina, and now, Sergey, what's the next? Well, we're going to play Iron Fist. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. And that was Jack Mosey. We just got off the phone with Jack. He is going to be in Spokane. I want to remind everybody, Outspoken is bringing Jack Mosey to the Viking Bar and Grill at 1221 North Stevens Street. It's going to be on Saturday, August 29th. Doors open for that show, or the show starts, I should say, at 8 p.m. I'm really excited to have people. He's a really good guy. Yeah, amazing, amazing I'm guy. a fan of the voice. I love dance, but I'm really a fan of the voice, and he has a really good voice, too. Yeah, right? And I love that he really 
composes his songs instead of just like, well, this works. It's yeah. it's a no, lot of you know he does writing everything. Yeah, he and does. He, okay, I yeah. picked up right away. Go he ahead. makes beats for other people, right? Outspoken. That's, yeah. Can you make? Because I'm for like, us? we want to do us. We want to do our own song. Can can we please make a like a rap song? <laughs> How horribly I love it. awful! That would be so but great. It would be great. <laughs> horribly <laughs> awful. There it is. That's the real truth. I love it. So there um, you go. But I mean, Houston's kind of already made us a little bit of a song. It's yeah, it's he, great. He has. It's our favorite jam. I love it. It's my new punk song. Right. Exactly. Starring Stereo Gringo. Uh, p- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, actually, that leads us into a great transition into our new segment, the Bullhorn. Shut up and listen, cause I got opinions. Shut up. That's my new favorite song. That that's it. That's <laughs> the one. That is the bullhorn. So here it is. This is a uh, hey. It's just when one of us decides to take on the mic and give you a little bit of what's going through our head uninterrupted to get an opinion out, and that's what you're going to get right now. So let's chat. I am confused by people. <laughs> I'm confused by myself most of the time. We spend so much energy trying to find reasons to hate each other to separate ourselves and be better than each other. It's like we have social dementia. We lash out in hateful words and forget why we were ever mad in the first place. When our own leaders can shut down the government over issues, it isn't because they want to represent their constituents. I mean, let's not be naive. It is because they want to be right. When we allow ministers to stand in their pulpits and call for the deaths of an entire group of people... Or a representative from Texas telling a group of kids that we should strand gay people on an island. It has nothing to do with morals and everything to do with being so afraid of being wrong. Wrong about what happens when this is all done. When you close your eyes, never to open them here in this world again. And if you disagree with my religion and my good book, then you question the very security I need to breathe without screaming every day. When a politician running for president calls all Mexican, all Mexican people racists and drug lords, insults a war veteran, and decides who is and is not a war hero, and tells us that unemployment numbers are up to 30% and not the 5% we've been told, and yet has no facts to back himself up, and he still soars in the polls because people are just relieved that someone is finally speaking the truth without rhetoric. Well, I have to question if we even understand what truth is anymore. Since when has truth equaled fear and hate-filled speech? That as long as you are agreeing with me, you must be telling the truth. If you give a voice to all of the dark fears I hold in my heart and offer them the credence, then you are the most honest man in America. And please, there's no need to let facts murky up the water. What has happened to us? I mean, I get that this has been a part of humanity for centuries. But you have to admit, we have made separation an art form. Do you even know who your neighbor is? Or do you rush to your car and quickly give a furtive glance and smile if they spot you and wish beyond wish that they won't want to have a conversation? We don't know each other and we don't want to. If we fear what we do not understand, then it makes sense that we can hate each other, that we can fight for laws that separate us more and support a leader who believes in building walls instead of bridges. We have got to turn things around, because if we can't live with each other, the alternative is to live with no one. And on a planet of over 7 billion people, the only way to do that is to destroy ourselves. 
This might mean you will have to say hi to a stranger every day. Or take your earbuds out on the bus and hope for the best. And make an effort to get to know someone who seems to be nothing at all in the least like you. Maybe if we start here, we can alleviate some of our fear. Maybe it will lessen our grip on this insane need to be right. Which is really the paralyzing fear of being wrong. Maybe then we will spend more time on supporting each other, on pulling together instead of apart, and less time supporting those people who use our very fears to manipulate and control us. We have to start somewhere, and I'm happy to do my part. So if you will excuse me, I have to find a Republican to hug. It's just a thought. I hope you're not actually going to hug a Republican. I'm going to try. Oh, you wow. Know, they might run. They might. <laughs> <laughs> they won't but like that. But here's the thing. I'm tired. You wrote yeah. a very yeah. interesting blog, um, and you're talking about Trump. Yes. Which yes. obviously who is who I was referring to. Mm-hmm. And about his soar in the polls. And you break down why you think he is at the top of the right. polls. Right, right. So why do you say? Well, okay. So basically, he's at the top of the polls because, yes, he's representing a side of you know our 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 culture that hasn't been represented in uh, you know the last eight years with the Supreme Court ruling. There's a whole right wing conservative extremist side that wants to have a loud voice like him. Right. Also because of his honesty and unapologetic, just I'm just going to say what I think, and people do find respect in that. And also his name recognition. It's kind it's, of a combination yeah. of those three. Let's talk about name recognition. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, I don't understand why we're saying because he's the only one willing to tell. Have you listened to him? So is yeah. truth for you, like I said in that in that uh, well, he's bullhorn. Not, he's not truthful. He's no. honest. And there's a difference because yes. he is not telling the truth. He's just being honest to what he believes. And that's that's really where it comes down to, I think. And that's scary. It is scary. Because here's the yeah. thing. Then you would want a president who actually believes in, you know, the things he says about China and the things he says about Mexican-Americans mm-hmm. and how we oh, fix yeah. our border issues. I do believe he's doing, let's face it, he's doing what politicians do. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. all of them, but many of them. From from the Reagan administration, the Bush administration did it, Clinton to some extent, mm-hmm. which is, I have found the fear button on right. a group of people. Right. And the easiest way for me to control them and make them do what I want is to turn the fear up. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing. He's What he's doing is playing on people's prejudice. Prejudice comes right. from he fear. Is. He is, yeah. From fear because we don't understand another culture. Well, and here's the thing. I think fear creates an enemy which also unites people. That's That's really the underlining theme here is they want to unite the people that will support them by creating an enemy but the thing is if you create an enemy within your own borders within your own citizens you're not getting you know those people's votes and you're not representing your citizens you're representing only the people who agree with you and there are millions of mexican americans there are millions of immigrants from other countries in our borders but i think because Mm -hmm. trump lives in the top one percent yeah he's I think he is focusing on the top 1%. Those typically, you know, statistically are going to be the old white guys who are afraid of everything that isn't old, white, and rich. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's the problem. And I do believe it's because we've become so isolated. Please, you think I want to answer my door if I don't know who it is? No, I don't. But that's where the isolation is. I don't want to know you. And by not knowing you, I'm afraid of you. And by being afraid of you, I would rather destroy you than... Then reach out and find, and I think that's what's happening. We are watching 
a lot of people going against a Supreme Court ruling because they are so afraid of a group of people. Uh, yeah, and you can right, say right. that you're doing it out of morals, and I, I respectfully disagree with you. Mm-hmm. It is a need you have to be right. When, all, when what drives you is, is you want to be right instead of doing the good thing and realizing that people live in this world together, that's where it breaks down. That's where, right, religion, right. That's where religion really has made an art form. Of, well, absolutely, I I agree. Because it's, they make sure you're afraid enough, yeah. and given the only answer, and I really think that's what it is. I am mm-hmm. so afraid to be mm-hmm. wrong about so many things that I need to make you wrong. Yeah, our culture I- exactly is founded upon the basis that we need to be right versus doing the right thing. We forget that what we believe is right is not always the right thing, but we're taught that what you believe can only be. The one and only exactly. truth. Well, it's also it's why very close-minded. We've gotten so good at it. You yeah. have said many times on this show that the reason it's this lack of understanding how to mm-hmm. communicate mm-hmm. with people, especially in the Republican Democrat houses, it's how we shut down a government because instead of talking to each other as human beings, we just need to be right. Yeah. We just need our platform and our. So it's not about doing what's best for people or finding a way to bridge the gap. It's about we will beat you, right? You know, we yeah, will it be is, the victors. It is. It's a. It's kind of a war and a battle a in war. every in every sense. And um, you know, I think that it's something that everyone can improve on is seeing things not just from your perspective or your yes. lens or your experiences, but opening up to other people's experiences. Because even, I mean, even on the show, I think something I've learned is that the more I open up to other people's experiences, the more I learn about myself and, you know, the community. And that right. happens a lot in the LGBT community. You meet mm-hmm. people that are so different than you and exactly. people you've never heard of. And you say, okay, well, but you only meet tell them me. if you step outside your box. Let's Absolutely. face it, on my mm-hmm. blog this week, I talk about how good we are in the gay culture, especially gay men, at categorizing people and yes. telling them where they yes. belong. I have no problem calling myself a bear, but if I let the word bear define me and I'm not willing to reach out, then first of all, I would have never met you. Mm-hmm. First of all, I wouldn't have ever met half the people that I work with on this show yeah. because in our communities, let's face it, the Twinks stay together, the Bears stay together, the Chubs stay together with their Chubs and Chasers yeah. because we're comfortable there and we know we're going to be accepted. Anything that is a this fear of rejection stops us. Right. Let's, I am terrified of people, and yet I spent a weekend in Seattle, and I made myself get out of my comfort zone and meet a brand new person like every three hours. So I'm going to sit by this person who I didn't, and we're going to talk, and we and I met amazing people I never would have met before because I took away the rules that we've put on ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think that's why. Because, I mean. Don't I mean, look, yeah. we ha- never had a government shutdown until the Reagan administration in the 80s. Sure. Now we've had like a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. It never happened before because I think as a society, we are learning more and more how to isolate ourselves and just stay within our groups. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening now with the, the Christian right, who's so angry because a group of people that they've decided they don't like or agree with has actually been given rights just the same rights they've been given. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't get a $1,000 bonus every month because we're gay. I mean, if, if that happens, that's, I'm okay. I mean, but, yeah, we're not opposed, is no. what we're saying. But that's what it's all about. They're just so, it's all fear. What did Yoda say? What is it? Uh, fear leads to anger. Anger, anger leads, leads to, to hate. hate. Hate leads, leads to, to the, the dark side. side. Oh, wow, you did that the voice. Is, um, 
So, <laughs> but that, here it it's bad, pop but it's culture, but it's true. Yeah, no, it's true. I see. I think that our culture is really, really trying to achieve diversity, but we're so bad at it, and not just achieving it, but bad at being diverse. Because、mm-hmm. if you're not like me, go away. I'm afraid of you. Yes, and so. That's that's where that comes from. We want the diversity because innately we know we're all different,、yeah. and we want to celebrate that. But we're so afraid、yeah. that we don't let other people do it. Exactly. So and, I, and so my fear is because you know, as I mentioned, it started. You know, government shutdowns started in the eighties. I fear that we're getting worse and worse. So we have、right. to make a concentrated effort to change that. Yeah, and I do, I believe that if we don't make that effort, it, we're just going to continue to get worse. Just like a disease, if you ignore it, eventually you will die.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really believe that if we ignore this for too long, it destroys the nation that we love so much. And by these people trying to fight so hard, they're not helping the、right. nation.、Mm-hmm. They are helping to kill it. And that's I mean, it may sound extreme, but I don't think we have. The luxury of not being a little opinionated and very extreme about this very real problem. Sure. Just a thing. Sure. Yeah. We have to support each other. We really do have to support each other. And outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights, located at two three two West Bragg Avenue. More information is available at five zero nine seven four seven one six two one. Outspoken also is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit thepridefoundation dot org. Exactly. I, I think that was a s- very smooth transition. Yeah, just slipped right、lie. in. You didn't even know it.、Um, that was that, good. It's called stealth, baby. Exactly, or something else. But、um, <laughs> moving on. So you were talking about diversity and accepting. Well, re- really, that conversation had a lot of angles to it. But I think that、uh, letting other people in is really important. And so we've seen a whole big thing about Caitlyn Jenner. That's yeah.、Uh, that's that's a big thing. You and I. Uh, we were in Seattle last week, and we saw the premiere of I Am Kate. Yes, we、um, did. And first, was, first of all, what do you think? Okay, so we all、yeah. know that I am skeptical. I am the skeptic on most things.、Um, and when Caitlyn Jenner, when it was first announced that E、uh, Television was going to do a reality show on Kate, I was I was very worried. Yeah. Because、right. very supportive of our our transgender brothers and sisters, and I didn't know because there had been some comments that Kate had made in the media, and I was like, I'm not sure she's well informed enough yet, sure, to be a leader in this, right? Yeah. And yeah. then of course the Arthur Ashe、uh, Award for Courage, she did the speech that、mm-hmm. blew me away. And then I'm sitting there and I'm watching I Am Kate, and I have to tell you, if the first episode is anything to be said, say what you will about her, but she really is truly trying to use the level that she is at to do good things. Because it was more yeah, about yeah. it. The first episode was about having the, her family recognize you as who you are authentically, and her going out and talking to a family who had had their young transgender、uh, child had killed himself、mm-hmm. um, because. And and the mom in the episode actually said, and it was not about the bullying at school. Actually, he was doing pretty well at school. It was the ignorance from the adults that destroyed him constantly, and that and and so the fact that Caitlyn Jenner used her show、yeah. to do something. You know what? That's well, someone we talk about boycotting people all the time.、Yeah. That's someone I support with my money, and if it, if it means I'm watching and she got a million dollars, I don't care because it saved one kid.、Mm-hmm. Good. I I agree, and see, I think that the platform that she has, she's a using it for good, and b I think that's something that we need. Someone like you said isn't really quite 
all the way informed on her, um, you know, identity right now because right. she is brand new to it. But so is the nation. And we need somebody as a whole nation. We need somebody who is going through the process right. so that we can all grow with you know, Caitlyn Jenner right now, because we had, we have some people who are 100%, you know, out there informed. Right. Uh, we have the Laverne Coxes everywhere mm-hmm. who can tell you, uh, you know, what it's like the whole transition, but yeah. Caitlyn Jenner is and here's the growing. Thing. There, there is room and there yep. should always be room always. for all of the experiences. So why do we tear, why is it just considered that if we tear down Caitlyn Jenner, that's because we want Laverne Cox to have her platform. Guess what? Why can't Laverne Cox be an amazing woman and do amazing things mm-hmm. and Caitlyn Jenner do be an amazing woman and do amazing things? Why is it either or? Yeah. Why, and that's what it seems yeah. like they're trying to make. I mean, let's talk about the ugliness. You know, we talked about the, uh, the Dr. Dr. Drew, Drew. show yeah. uh, last time and about the ugliness that happened with the reporters on that show. There was a, a dad, he has two sons, and he wrote a letter to the Dr. Drew show saying, you guys questioned what a hero is. And let me tell you, everybody on Facebook also questioned what a hero they did. is. And he laid it out. And so he called everyone out. He did. And I want to I wanna read a little quote Dude. from him because I think this really describes, you know, what, what the situation is. And uh, he basically says that, you know, Caitlyn Jenner isn't a hero because she's trans. Caitlyn Jenner is a hero because she stands, uh, she is a hero because she is standing up for you and she is standing up to you because she's not afraid of all the harassment, all the, you know, backlash that she's going to get and she's standing up to it. Being transgender isn't what made her a hero. It's, It's you know, exactly. It's what she's doing with I Am Kate, quite frankly, because Mm -hmm. she's going so public, so national and it's painful for her family, I'm sure, but she's not Look afraid. Look at her very mother. Yeah. Uh, her mother yeah. had never met Caitlin, had only known Bruce for 60-something years. Uh, so her mother and her sisters flew in, and it would be the first time that they saw Caitlin and that she introduced herself as Caitlin. What I loved about the show um, was the mother was very raw. Yeah. And she says at one point, and she's crying, and she's obviously she's in her 80s, and she says... This is hard for me, mm-hmm. but I'm determined to do it. I'm determined to figure it out. She goes, I've only known you as Bruce. It was just very honest, and she's shaking, and she's crying. Yeah. But what was amazing is the difference between a parent who disowns their child because they don't understand them and a parent who doesn't understand, but they love them, and they're going to figure it out. That's the difference of love, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing to say to the parents who disown their children. But that mother... And that she did it in front of a camera at 80-something years old. Bless her heart. And I'm with Caitlin. Caitlin says, say what you will because I can take it. Mm-hmm. But don't say it to the kids because they can't. And with Caitlin, I stand behind her. She is teaching me every day that my skepticism maybe isn't always on point. Right. Well, because a lot of people said she was doing it for publicity, for blah, 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 blah. But exactly. It does not matter. Because of what she's doing. Even at this point, even if she was right now doing it for more publicity, I don't think it matters why she's doing it. Um, I don't believe that she's doing it for publicity, but it doesn't matter because she's helping people. Yes, and she's trying to go out there and talk and help kids because that's her mission. And I do have to admit something. Yeah. I have to admit that I'm a little tiny bit obsessed with her right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because she's so classy. (laughs) She's classy. She's just a classy lady. Right. And all of of her outfits are just on point. I'm in love. But um, yeah. So for everybody who hasn't seen I Am Kate, Mm -hmm. I actually would, it's nothing like the Kardashians. 
No, I mean, they, make, I mean, they make an appearance, they make but, appearances, it's, but it's not fine. about that. You're fine. It was a very, I could have seen it as a documentary. Like, right, right. And it was, I don't know, it was very well done. So I would encourage you, and I uh, applaud the dad who, with his two 12-year-old sons, and just saying, listen, I who think wrote you, the letter, yeah. Yeah, I think you got the the definition of a hero wrong. Yeah, So you absolutely. can find that. We're going to put that up on our Facebook page so you can read what we read. Um, the art, His letter is halfway down the page, but uh, feel free to read that article. It's mm-hmm. really good. It is very good. Now, I was surfing the web uh, this weekend, and I found some interesting news that really sparked my attention because this is something I think all the LGBT community has needed and asked for for a while. Um a public school in San Francisco, actually the Ruth Asawa San Francisco School of the Arts, now offers a class, an LGBT uh, studies class in their high school, which has been done by private schools before. Never by public. Never by public. So that is amazing. Uh, I think they already have, well, f- what, 25 students? Yeah, 25 students signed up for the course, and they get college uh, yes, and that's it. what's amazing. It's yeah. going to be considered a college prep course, and yep. California State University recognizes it as a course that they consider part of the mm-hmm. college prep. That's a very big deal because, like like you said, only yeah. private schools have done it before. Can I tell you, if when I was in high school, if there had been a course like that, even though my I just wouldn't have told my parents I was taking it, but <laughs> I wasn't yeah, out in exactly. high school, I would have loved that. First of all, not yeah. only do we need to not ignore that LGBT people had a place in history, but it would have been a place for a young kid like me who was in the closet to feel legitimate. 100%. Yes. I agree. It supports yeah. those kids who are terrified. It gives, exactly. It shows and you. And those that are proud. Yeah, and those that are proud. It shows you your history and it shows the people that stand with you, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, a mother quoted on this because there was a, a CB, they told CBS, so they had yeah. a report on CBS about this. Um, a mother uh, said, you know, I'm really happy because she has a gay son. I'm really happy that they're finally doing this. And I'm glad that they understand that it's not about sex. It's about the history. It's about the people and it's about the community. And that's really what it is. People are so afraid of the LGBT courses, LGBT, because they think they're going to be talking about sex. What are you going to teach my child? But here's the thing. First of all, are you dumb that you think that ignoring sex means it doesn't exist? Who are you? Thank you. Yeah. It's like we forget at a certain age what it was like to be a teenager. Welcome to your hormones. So wouldn't you rather your hormonal teenager be educated so that they don't go make stupid decisions? Yeah. Then, but it's true. It I'll, is true. We get letters all the time. Yeah. Parents who are like, this is what's going And I love them because they reach out to us and they say, my child just came out to me. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should mm-hmm. I do? And But one of the things that always comes up is... I'm really concerned because they're really interested. They had porn on their computer. Porn. That's, yeah, right away. And I want to be like, remember when you were 16. The porn isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem will be if you sweep sex under the rug and hope it goes away because it is in the non-education that the sex gets dangerous. Absolutely. You know what I yeah. mean? And I'm excited to no, talk to our, our First of all, I want that, to but. pull out the little th- th- thing you said, welcome to your hormones. Like, post that all <laughs> over. Hashtag, welcome to your hormones. Welcome to your hormones. Parents, you need a reminder what right? it's like. We all had yeah. them. It's not shocking. Well, we all still have and them, but we have somehow managed to control them. around them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, see, and that's funny, because when I came out, the first, and I'm sure this is the same with you and other, uh, you know, young kids that come out and in a Christian household, especially yes. my mom asked me right away, have you had sex? Like that was one of the first questions. It was like, when well, you came out to her. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, well, have you done? Because, because that's her, the deciding factor. That's the deciding factor. Yeah. 
Because being gay, like you just said a minute exactly. ago about that, that mother who made the quote, being gay or being part of the LGBT community mm-hmm. is defined by sex, not about anything else. And that's the problem. Exactly. And we it are shouldn't not be defined, defined by, by who I'm. Yeah. Let me tell you, if I was, it wouldn't be as long as it's been. I just want to say <laughs> <laughs> I was defined by sex. It has nothing to do with it. It is just like your heterosexuality. It's just an aspect of being straight. Right. Exactly. Because exactly. that's you do other things. You go to work. You know, mm-hmm. you have projects that you're passionate about. And unless you're a porn star, most of the time, it's, it has nothing to do with sex. A lot of the times, yeah. A lot of th- yeah, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so there. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the White House here. I think. Exciting. It is exciting. I think. Um, I mean, there's always something going on. But. Th- right. This is uh, President Obama, the Obama administration has been really pushing HIV prevention and treatment and the, I, I don't want to call it the HIV agenda, but really it is a, an agenda and to treat. why shouldn't it be an agenda? Exactly. Let's fix it. Let's fix that word because agenda has a negative connotation right now. Right. Let's not have that. Anyways, just like in Washington state with our governor wanting to end AIDS 2020, basically cut down uh, infections by 50%. Uh, new mm-hmm. infections by 50%. President Obama has been working since 2010 yep. on a very comprehensive uh, prevention and treatment plan that's going out until 2020. Yeah, and so they so the first one was their little test run. Exactly. Two, 2010 to 2015. Yes. They let out their guidelines. They let out where they're going to put the money for it, all of this stuff. Well, it's 2015. That is done. And to stay, even though he's in the last home stretch of his office they did release mm-hmm. last week uh, a 10-year plan and their goals with a 10-year plan is they're going to push for more widespread testing of hiv they're ex- they want to expand treatment across the southern u.s and major metropolitan metropolitan areas because that's where hiv tends to still have a stronghold on the community he wants to enable people with hiv to have access to earlier testing he wants to broad su- have broad support for comprehensive treatment of HIV, universal viral suppression among people living with HIV, helping people attain better health-reducing exposure and risk. PrEP kind of falls right in there. Absolutely. And full access, here it is, to pre-exposure prophylaxis services, which, lucky us in Washington. Yeah, we already with, have. Uh, mm-hmm. the Prep Planned Dap. Parenthood. And no, pre- yeah, how yeah. about... Is Planned Parenthood, okay, but through Pre- PrepDap is the program that Prep issues that. It's yeah. actually very mm-hmm. available to us here, yeah. but it's not like that, like even in our, our neighboring state like Idaho. Yeah. It is not as easy to get. Much so harder. So this is the national, our government, our federal government is saying, hey, we're going to make this our priority over the next 10 years, mm-hmm. and that is part of it. That's really progressive. Yeah. Or whatever word you want to put on it that doesn't make yeah, you liberal, think Yeah, liberal, progressive, Democrats. forward-thinking, whatever. So, yeah, so these are big deals. These are, and the fact that, you know, we, in, like you said, we in Washington can experience that kind of accessibility, but if mm-hmm. that's nationwide, um, that's amazing. And I think it's really bold of him to be the first, actually, administration uh, to start a whole na- national conversation about HIV and AIDS. Obama was the first president to do it. He's the first mm-hmm. one to put in a big plan. And so... Um, and here's, an, here's that's another amazing. reason to say... Let it stop being about what you feel about the name and the person up there. Yeah. And can we support something that is good for the overall community mm-hmm. and especially our, the LGBT community? Especially I the mean, LGBT community. Just saying. I agree. Well, and and again, I mean, it does affect the LGBT community uh, disproportionately, but, you know, it is a disease that affects all people. So all I, people. Just, I just want people to know that, that 
um, you know, sharing sharing needles is a way to not share a needle, sharing. No. We love sharing needles. We do love but sharing needles. It's bad for it's, you. Exactly. It will increase your risk of HIV infection. Um, now, before we move on, one last thing here. Leslie Jordan. Yes. <laughs> what happened this there, This is Jonathan? a fun story to me. And first of all, Leslie Jordan, if you don't remember him, um, he was on Will and Grace. He was also in the movie right, The yeah. Help. He's the little 4'11 guy. Yeah, yeah. He's sassy, southern, and he's a lot of fun. Well, he was in <laughs> West Hollywood this last week, and he was at what they call the gay Starbucks because it's right there in West Hollywood, which Makes is sense. Yeah. obviously predominantly gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, people live there. And he was in there, and while he's in line to get his sweet iced tea, um, there were about three, I think, gentlemen. I won't call them gentlemen, but there were three people, and they were using gay slurs, and they were yelling them. The manager of the Starbucks came out and asked one of them to leave, and then the the screaming got worse. They were just there (laughs) being jerks. There was nothing, you Mm -hmm. know, there was no reason other than they wanted to do it. Well, Leslie Jordan went out. So they were kicked out of the Starbucks. He went out after them, and there were some words. And he he screams at them, get out of my house. And then he threw his iced tea in their face. And I'm like, that is <laughs> the perfect that. southern way. Yeah, get out of my house. To do anything. <laughs> uh, and you always have to throw a drink in their Thro- face. It's a rule. <laughs> yeah. So he did that. The police yeah. came. Um, there were no charges pressed because if charges were pressed against them, Leslie mm-hmm. Jordan would also have charges pressed against him, which would right. send him in jail. Yeah. But what Leslie Jordan said was, the problem here is what it says is, yes, we have gained a lot of ground as an LGBT community, but this is proof that there is a lot farther to go. And, you and know, it's backlash. Let's it, be absolutely. That is backlash. I think especially in such a gay concentrated area, I mean, West Hollywood, you know, it's it's like Capitol Hill. It's like Chelsea. I mean, it's like, yes. it's these gay gayberhoods in these big cities that have seen backlash. Um, so uh, you I don't want to say you're not safe, but at the same time, you know, we're not as far as you may think we are. There's still a lot of work to be done, and there's still um, people who will be hateful well, despite And it is just a sense. sign of the backlash that exactly. we right, knew really. would be coming really, after the Supreme Court made their, you know, their big decision uh, to make marriage available to all human beings. Yeah. Um, it's part of the backlash, but the problem is you can't ignore the backlash and just go, oh, it'll go away, because is there a guarantee? Listen, legally, there's a backlash going around in states that refuse to follow this, mm-hmm. the federal ruling. It's the same thing. It's right here. So absolutely uh, important to know what's going around in our country. It really that's what is, the outspoken es- especially boys things for. like that. Yeah. I know, right? So, you know, you, know you, you, you showed me this song this morning. It's actually my future husband who's playing it, is. it who's singing it. He... Is on tour right now, so he hasn't been talking a whole lot to me, so I forgot. It's called This Closure uh, by Omen featuring Sam Smith, and that's what we're going to listen to amazing. right now. That was Sam Smith uh, featuring Omen with Disclosure. This is KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. I'm really excited. I hope Sam sings that at your wedding. I really hope so, too. I know. It's, I really, so. <laughs> it's a really good song. Your future yeah. husband. My future husband, Sam Smith. Amazing. Duh. Well, <laughs> if you have been following us for the past, well, we've been on two years, but if you've been following us for the past six months, we, have st- we started a conversation in Spokane to talk about PrEP. Uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis. Exactly. And we work a lot with the local Spokane AIDS network and to bring more and more education. This is a conversation that we 
we found out very quickly that a lot of people didn't know a lot about, even though it's been out for a little while. So Mm -hmm. to continue that conversation, Outspoken is very excited to welcome to the show Eric Paul Liu, Director of Sexual Health and Advocacy for Kink.com and a commissioner on the L.A. County Commission of HIV. Eric, are you there? I am here. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, we are hello, doing hello. well. Thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about this. Of course. I'm delighted to. I mean, this is probably one of the most exciting things we've had in 30 years of an epidemic. So it I'm, really I'm is. I'm glad that you're picking it up. We are very excited. And what's fascinating is it's not that it's, that it's brand new and just came out last month. But yet the conversation is still happening because there still seems to be so many people who don't understand or who hide behind the, um, you know, the moral aspects that we're placing on a drug in our, our communities. And so can we start with you do a lot of public speaking about PrEP. Can you talk to us Correct. just about a very 101 basis for people to understand? Well, I think um, what you said is really important. Uh, I think what we need is we need people to know about it at first because I can't understand what I don't know. So what I like to focus on is um, what PrEP really is, is it's, an, it's for HIV-negative people. Um, they, you take a daily medication that basically builds up a level, level of protectiveness within your body that basically blocks HIV from potentially replicating in your body, which then basically means that the virus cannot infect your body. So it's an incredibly efficacious tool that um, if you're able to adhere four to seven times out of the seven times, you're basically protected by about 99% from an HIV infection, which is incredible. And um, one of the things I think we always hit on is what are the potential side effects? What about other STIs? Um, What about mutations? So, you know, there's there's general concerns. But um, I mean, uh, to keep it really short and brief, but we can go into more detail about it, of course, We've studied this in over in over twenty thousand people so far, and um, we found that it's um, that all those risks are far less than the potential chance of getting HIV for the rest of your life. Exactly. Right, and that, I think that's that's the biggest con- bigger concern, anyways. Um, there's a lot of morality that has to do with prep, and you know, a lot of people who don't want to talk about it because. Uh, you know, there's there's a Truvada whore label associated with it and all of that. What do you say to, you know, the moral or the, uh, you know, negative view on, you know, sexual health that comes with PrEP? Well, as you said, I work within the adult film industry, so I obviously work in a very sex-positive environment. Right, I yeah, think of course. One of the things that is obviously really challenging is how do we talk about sex? How, we teach our, how do we teach our children about sex? And is sex really an acceptable part of our life? And I think that's really where the morality comes from. Um, in essence, uh, it's really about choice. I mean, we look back at the conversations with women in oral contraceptives, and we want to say, you know, women fought for themselves to be empowered, to make their own choices, to be in charge about their body, to not be susceptible to outside influences that they cannot control. And with PrEP, we have very much the same thing. And I think that um, from where we come from in a public health view is not every choice has to be great for everybody, but some choices are better for some than for others. And within that, some people are great at using condoms. They use them all the time. They work perfectly fine for them and their partners. Right. And some people aren't. And for those people who aren't, we now have a tool that will protect them just as much, if not better. Exactly. And we were saying earlier, what's very interesting is we are not ashamed as men to say that we use condoms. And yet 
we have this fear, even in the gay community, I've talked to uh, quite a few guys who still have a trepidation about admitting publicly that they use PrEP. And to me, it seems like it's the same thing. You would not be afraid to say, I use a condom. So in your travels around, because you talk to a lot of different, you go to a lot of different cities, you have these talks. What has been, have you run into this kind of thinking or this kind of pushback? Or how's that, how's the reaction been? I have run into that kind of thinking, and and yes, it's it's, it's very prevalent um, where people are like, oh, I don't want to tell anybody, I don't want to be perceived as a whore. Where you know we we need to reshape that message. If you remember back in the 80s um, or earlier when people were were carrying a condom on them, yes. that was seen as as a complete social outrage. And I think that because we've pushed the condom issue for 30 years. And for 30 years, it's really been the only tool that we've talked about. It sort of manifested itself as the gold standard. And it's really hard to reshape that vision. So that's always something that we talk about. And, and, and again, I mean, it comes back to choice all the time. It's just what works best for you is really what you want to be looking at. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. Do you think as you move forward, you talked about it is going to be hard to, to kind of adjust the conversation and uh, make mm-hmm. prep as part of that. What do you think it's going to take? And how hard do you think that work is going to be to to do that? Well, so many people look at me and they say, oh, this 29-year-old youngster, he doesn't have an idea what it means when HIV first came around. We lost hundreds and thousands of people within our friendship circle, and we attended a funeral every single day. And I think right. that that's a really harsh statement. I myself lost six people to HIV, and I'm only 29. Oh, so if you want to count back the years, we were well aware that it was there, and we were in the early stages of getting medication when, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and even in the later stages of getting medication when, when I lost people to it. And I think that um, it, it'll take a lot, and it'll, it'll take a lot of conversations. It takes a lot of... This is a very emotionally charged topic, not yes. just from within the gay community, but also from the outside. From the outside... We are the threat, and we are the ones that carry the disease. And many people right. look at it as a gay men's disease only, mm-hmm. which is really not the case. I mean, we have, we have numerous women that take PrEP because they want to conceive children with their HIV-positive partners. Sure. Um, we have women um, in communities of color that take it because they aren't quite certain if their partner may be on the down low um, and maybe, you know, having, having some friendly interactions with his buddies. Um, so, so there is all these different facets. And I think that it's a little overwhelming at the moment when we talk about it, because there's so much stuff that we really haven't discussed in the last 30 years, that in the wake of PrEP all bubbles to the surface, and we're confronted with it, and we're asked to process it very, very quickly. And looking back again at the beginning of HIV, how many years did it take us, and what did it take us from the community to educate doctors about what this is. It's not a gay disease. It's an immune immune deficiency virus that attacks your immune system. It can attack anybody. It's not related to, to gay men or men who have sex with men particularly and only. Um, it's just a method of, of, of contact that we have that makes it more likely within us. And um, it took many, many years. I mean, it took a good 15 years until we had some public awareness. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm proud to say that in the last three years since PrEP was approved, we have come a very long way. We still have a long way to go, but we have come a very, very long way. Absolutely. If you look at the public yeah. acceptance, it's incredible. Right. Well, and I and I think we definitely have to celebrate, uh, you know, how far we've come. And a lot of that credit is due to education. I know you are uh, a big 
uh, advocate of sex positive education and sex education. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, public school in San Francisco is one of the is the first public school to offer an LGBT studies course. What do you think about that? And what do you think about reshaping uh, sex ed in public schools? That's a great topic, actually. From from kink.com, the the, uh, the adult film protection that I work for, we use BDSM for, and mm-hmm. and we were we were strong supporters of a, of an assembly bill that just basically moved forward, uh, Assembly Bill three two nine, for the state of California that will basically require all public schools to offer LGBTQQI culturally competent sex education that is inclusive of all methods of prevention, and I think that that's really what we need to move forward with. Mm-hmm. I cannot I cannot tell young women or young boys um, that something is their fault if I haven't told them what could happen when they do X. Yes. And I think that that's really the thing. We've we've been trying to tell people oh, abstinence. I mean, we all still have Reagan in our ears that went on stage the first time he spoke about AIDS and he said, just be abstinent and that'll solve the problem. <laughs> well, we know that that's not in our nature. Right. right I mean, yeah. none of us listeners or none of us people that are talking here would be here if our, if our parents hadn't enjoyed bareback sex. Exactly. Right? Right. I mean, there's there's the reality, and I think that with that reality, we are reshaping it. And I obviously I'm from Germany originally, so we have a very different approach to sexual health within schools. And by the time that I left high school, um, uh, I was able to talk about HIV medication, how HIV uh, how HIV transmits, how it works, what gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, trichomoniasis, hepatitis mm-hmm. A, B, C, etc. What they all are, where they come from, and how they're transmitted. And what do I do if I think that I have them? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and it's, and it's incredibly important. Absolutely. It is. And you bring up, you know, I think part of uh, you bring up kink.com. And I want to say one of the things I like is uh, it's kind of like the tagline under kink.com when you actually go to the website. And it says demystifying and celebrating alternative sexuality by providing the most authentic kinky experiences. It's a very sex positive <laughs> statement. And I honestly think that's basically what you're saying. You're like, we need to. I mean, demystify sex. We need to put it in schools. We need to understand that why are we acting so prudish when for any of us to be here, it had to happen. Um, in our, in the U.S. and coming from outside of the U.S., do you see that that is, I mean, it's really a politically charged even, not just morality charged, a sex positivity movement. Do you Correct. see that that's our biggest challenge? I think it's I think it's one of our biggest challenges, and I mean we let's look at the southern states, right? Yeah, I'm, right. I think all all people that are listening right now will immediately go to people like Ted Cruz and Rick Perry and all the other good folks, or Mike Huckabee that say, "Oh, this <laughs> is all evil and gays are an abomination and everything else." And I just think, well, that's very interesting. I mean, I would like to publicly applaud Washington State for being the first state in the United States that offered a prep assistance program. Yes, straight out the bed. I mean, yeah. that was approved, what, two years ago? And it, it, and it didn't mm-hmm. take much. Yeah. It wasn't much lobbying. It just made sense yeah. because it saves three to four times the amount of money that it takes to treat a person living with HIV. doesn't mean that we don't want to provide treatment to people or that we're cutting costs on there, but we realize that every HIV-negative person is potentially an HIV-positive depending mm-hmm. on their personal risk-taking. And, right. um, and as a society, that, that should really be there for one another, support one another, without infringing on each other's freedoms. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about basic rights. Um, I, I, again, I bring it back to choice, and I say, why not? If I have, For example, my partner is HIV positive. I'm HIV negative. Mm-hmm. He's on treatment. I'm on PrEP. We have never used the condom. Oh, wow. Hmm. 
Um, and, 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 and I've been in long-term relationships with HIV-positive partners before I was on PrEP and before sure, PrEP yeah. was really a thing. And the United States is the first country that approved it, um, where HIV actually became a threat to our relationship, not on my side, because I knew what I got myself into. Mm-hmm. But my partner was worried, what if I'm the one to give it to you? What if I'm the one to cause you to have to horrible experience I had to go through? And that's what relationships broke over. And I think that PrEP really is a gap closer with this. Sure. We're finally able sure. to interact with each other as equal humans again. Well, and, you know, we hear a whole mixed thing of, uh, you know, advice on the condom uh, wearing portion of it. I mean, uh, with PrEP and with undetectable levels, I mean, the, the risks are so low uh, in, in couples like that that you might not need a condom. But what's, what's your advice on do you wear a condom with PrEP or do you not? Do you want the extra protection? Um, what's the consensus? Well, I think, I think you know, um, if you wear a seatbelt, if you have airbags, if you wear a hard hat, if you basically don't drive your car, leave it in the garage or best at all, just don't have a car, there's very little chance that you'll get in a car crash, right? Right, right. Um, so, you know, the more protections you take, obviously, the better in general. I think that no risk reduction technique, and that includes condoms, PrEP, PEP, treatment as prevention, etc., none of them are perfect. Mm-hmm. All of them have flaws. Um, most of them are dependent, heavily dependent on adherence. Um, uh, so I think that you need to do what you feel comfortable with, especially in bed. Not everybody is into kink and BDSM, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody is into vanilla sex. Yeah. Um, you know, some people like a slap on the butt, but that's really between you and your partner. And I think what we need to do is we need to empower adults to have a very adult conversation that is free of judgment and, 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 and free of misconceptions to have that conversation and to discuss it. The beauty of the BDSM community is, quite honestly, STIs and HIV are the smallest part of what we need to negotiate when we talk about sexual health. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about, can I tie you up? Can I hit your balls? Can I, you know, can I, can I play with your nipples? Can I, you know, there is certain stuff, and I don't want to get into too much detail because I know we can't say certain words. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But, um, but in all reality, you know, it, it's, just, it's just, if I want to enjoy this, this experience with you, then I want to make sure that you are as comfortable as can be with everything that we're doing. And part of that is talking about HIV. Mm-hmm. It's just the natural way. And I think that us gay men, or gay men in general, have been very or relatively proactive in pursuing that topic. And I think, again, PrEP has really opened that conversation. I mean, I'll throw the question back to you. Have you ever had an HIV test? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. So when you went, did your did the person who tested you ask if you used condoms in your last intercourses? Mine did. Yes, mine did as well. Okay. So between us, and let's not pretend. Let's just pretend we don't know each other. And nobody knows who is listening. Who you guys are? But have you ever lied to your tester? Actually, never. I have. Oh, oh good. All right. I was like, here goes my argument right out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's a very common occurrence. Many mm-hmm. people that are asked by their medical provider or by a tester, did you use a condom during your last intercourse, will sit there and be like, okay, do I want to, to be preached at or am I just yes. going to say yes and go past it? Exactly. And most people will say yes. And in the light of prep, I'm able to now to say to my tester, no, I didn't. Right. And then my tester okay. says, okay, cool. What other measures have you taken? I'm like, I'm on prep. And he's like, great. How about your partner? My partner is on pass. Great. Wonderful. Wonderful right. combination of risk reduction. And I really think, you know, the crooks really lies in the knowledge of understanding that. And um, 
and as I said, many of us have lost friends, and many of us, I don't know, when you remember back in the day your first HIV test, oh, were, you, were you scared? Did you think you had it? Terrified. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Same here. And you know, in the, light of, in the light of understanding what PrEP does and how treatment works and, and how, how the medical world is evolving, and I mean, just the, just the advances we've made in the last year, I think it's really beautiful that we're able to go back to enjoying sex without being afraid of dying mm-hmm. every exactly. single time. Yeah. And, you know, you said earlier, you know, yeah, you can not take your car out. You can do all these things. Basically, we have to understand life is risky, period. It doesn't matter. There's a million ways it's risky. Just step outside your front door and it's risky. So it's nice that there are these tools. Now, for those of us, uh, you know, we live in a conservative side of Washington state on the east side towards Mm -hmm. Idaho. What can uh, our listeners do? What can Sergey and I do? What can we do in our local communities to help? the movement of not only uh, making sure people are educated about PrEP, but also about sex positivity. What would you give advice to those of us in these kinds of areas? I think, I think you know, what the community in general does and what we do in, in HIV AIDS organizations and in LGBTQQI organizations across the country, we really do write to our local constituents. We sit down with our mayors. We sit mm-hmm. down with our county supervisors. We write to the health ministers. Um, to the departments of health, and we say, listen, this is a tool. Have you endorsed this? Can we move this forward? Can I meet with you? Can I explain you my personal story, share my view, so that you understand the book is not always just black and white? And um, and the same really counts for going to schools. That's why actually one of my favorite things is to go to universities and to high schools, and to not just sit down with the students, but to sit down with the teachers and to, if possible, sit down with the parents, because when you put it back into their own terms and into their own life experiences, they suddenly start understanding why this conversation is not a bad one to have. Because the very simple question that we need to ask ourselves as parents, and my partner has a child and I look forward to having many more children with him. And um, so I'm, I'm totally one of those gays that is like, I want the white fence and the house, (laughs) you know, all the good things. But what we really want to talk about is do I, what do I want for my child? And I want for my child to be healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means I need to get out of my own comfort zone and I need to have that conversation about sex. Yeah. Um, go to your local PFLAG chapter. Yes. Share your uh, parents and friends of, uh, I think, lesbians and gays. Yes. Um, I've done that. That's one of my favorite things, too. And share your own experience. You know, share that story so that people don't feel alone. And, and that's really one of the things. Oftentimes we think we're the only ones that feel that way. And, right. you know, I mean, let's look at suicide rates, let's look at depression rates, etc. When we understand that we really are not alone and that many others have the same fears and views, it makes it a lot easier to deal with some of the hardships that we face in life. And, and, and it's really about that sharing and having that conversation that'll make that change. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, that totally makes sense. It's, it's exactly what we need to start doing is having the conversation. Now, as we wrap up uh, with you here, I just wanted to ask... A question that you know we've kind of touched on with a lot of the uh, prep advocates we've been talking to. What's the next step? I mean, obviously, prep is such a huge uh, advancement and a good tool in our tool belt. But what's the next step? Is it you know the one once a month pill? Is it uh, a cure? Is it you know making sure prep works as a preventive cure? You know what? What's the next step? Do you think? All of it. No, I think, you know, um, I I don't want to drag this out too much. I've just come back from the International AIDS Conference in Vancouver, and I really, 
I really sat there and I was humbled and I was in tears listening to all these researchers from South Africa, so many wonderful women like Dr. Linda Gale Becker that really lead the way. Um, Dr. Bob Grant from San Francisco was there and we were all sharing stories. And, you know, um, with PrEP, we've, we've reached this point where hope is realistic again. Right. We okay. suddenly have hope again. And we, we found a vaccine that works to 60%, right? I mean, right. that's incredible. Um, we have we have microbicides that we're trying to develop. So we're trying to put PrEP into loop. We're trying to put oh, PrEP wow. into long-term injections. Sorry, there's somebody racing down Santa Monica Boulevard here by the beach. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're trying to put PrEP. That's what we do in L.A. We're at the beach this Sunday. Come on. Right, sure. Um, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so, so we're trying to put PrEP into a monthly or even a quarterly injection, which then would also work for treatment, right? I right, mean, yeah. there are so many things that we're working on right now that show great promise. We found antibodies that can basically help the body, not through chemicals, but through natural antibodies to defeat and to, and to um, decrease the viral load within a person, which then means lesser side effects, you know, lesser problems, etc. So there is a whole range of, of studies and science that are going on right now. And, and anybody that follows HIV news on, on their Google alerts, you will see there's mm-hmm. something exciting coming out every single day. I yes. mean, Timothy Ray Brown, the first person, the, the so-called Berlin patient, he was cured of HIV and remains cured of HIV. Wow. Um, and we know that it works, right? We know that cancer, that cancer drugs apparently lure out the virus out of its viral deposit, which is the problem why it remains, even though we can treat it really well. It always somehow comes back. So we have medication that lure those deposits out, which then give us hope that we can actually eliminate it from the system. We know about um, receptors on, um, on, 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 on immune cells that we can restructure so that HIV doesn't have it that easy to get in the door. So, you know, I think, I think what's really important is this. PrEP is not the golden ticket, mm-hmm. but PrEP is the best ticket that we have right now. And I think that in combination and, and, and by working together and by really letting people allow to make the choice to use the best tools available to them, which is what I think is PrEP is, um, we will really make a change. I mean, when we want to talk about science, and this is the last thing that I'll say, I know we need to wrap up. <laughs> no worries. But just, just to change, just to give you something to think about, um, in the adult film industry, for example, in California, there's this huge conversation about condoms and porn, and porn performers have to wear condoms, and that's the only way to do it. In a day and age of PrEP, that's actually really sad. But what also nobody understands is that adult film performers get tested for all STIs every 14 days. Oh, wow. So, you know, I can transmit an infection that is not present and it isn't infectious. Right. So, you know, it's, it's really about reshaping that and to start mm-hmm. opening our minds and, and let that hope come in and let us, let us use that hope to move forward and to allow people to make choices that are good and reliable for them. Exactly. They don't have to be the best for yourself, but they have to be the best for the person that makes that choice. And when we get to that point, then we really do have free speech. I love it. Well, I have to say this has been one of the most informative and hope-filled discussions we've had about PrEP uh, thus far. So we thank you so much for taking time to be with the boys at Outspoken. Of course. You are super welcome. Thank you for all the work that you do. And to all the listeners out there, every every single voice, every single sentence you spread about this will make the change that we want to see. So hashtag be the generation. I well, love thank it. You. Thank you so much, sir. We hope you have fun at the beach. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Let's go play volleyball with the boys. Ooh. <laughs> We're flying <laughs> down. We'll see you soon. <laughs> I'll send you pictures. Have a great sky, guys. Okay, Bye-bye. you too. Bye. Bye-bye.
That was Eric Paul Liu. He is the Director of Sexual Health and Advocacy for Kink.com and a Commissioner on the L.A. County Commission of HIV. And that was our conversation about PrEP. And uh, I think that was very good. Very good conversation. I agree. And is, uh, you know, he's he's one of the most outspoken advocates for uh, PrEP that I ha- that we have talked to yet. It's incredible. I enjoyed him very much. Plus, sex positivity. I love that he kind of ties it all in together. And, uh, you know, the idea that really if you're abstinent, then none of us will be here. Um, I know. I love it. Okay, so I know we know all know that, but it was nice to... It was nice to have someone say, hey, listen, your parents had to have some risky sex in order for you to even be here. So maybe let's not be so prudy about it and let's actually talk openly about sex. I have to say what I really enjoyed about the conversation with Eric Paul Liu was not that we haven't had well-informed and amazing people on the show to talk about prep. He was so like he's an inspirational speaker, I'm, I just think, because there were moments that he just gave me chills just made me made me happy and i think he gives us a lot to think about and um the hashtag you know be the generation let's be the ones that step up and make a change there's so many things we could take that with but this to take charge of your own sexual health i think is a very important thing and i agree all right we're going to take a really quick song break and it is going to be uh, a song by Noah and the Whale. We actually talked about this before the show. We'll explain later. It's called <laughs> Life Goes On. So here it is. All right. That was Life Goes On by Noah and the Whale. And you are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Just a little backstory for everybody. We yeah, pulled that right. song out because earlier <laughs> we were teasing Sergey for spelling issues. <laughs> and so this song he was saying he... Has it down. He can okay. spell that life goes on. Well, okay. Here, let's just, we'll go through the whole story. Okay, we have a bit it. of time. Bring it. Bring so, it. Uh, d- okay. There's the cheer uh, that you see be in. aggressive. Uh, yeah, exactly. Be, be aggressive. Then you spell out aggressive. Yeah. And I know the whole thing. I went to high school. I got it. But um, <laughs> my, I have a problem with spelling things under especially, pressure. Uh, under pressure, especially then, yeah. I mean, I already aren't the best. I aren't the best speller. <laughs> I am not the best speller anyways. Uh, <laughs> that just kills me. That just proved it right there. Grammar's not I aren't. <laughs> Um But it is. Right. Minus spelling. Um, so anyway, so they did the whole cheer, Seems and I tried to spell it, and it sounded a little bit like, A-R-G-G-I-S-F-N-O-F-T. Yeah, there was a lot of words. And then he just runs. <laughs> he just drops that grammar bomb and he Get runs. Look, if you, if you messed it up that bad, nobody wants to see your face <laughs> just anymore. Leave the Get scene. out. So I told. So of course I was like, well, there's a song that I had to like spend three months um, to learn how to do the spelling thing because it's L I F E G O E S O N. See, I, I got it that time. Nailed it. Um, so I pulled it up and we're playing it. And as as we're off air listening to the song again, I'm trying to spell it and I. <laughs> I and messed he messes it up, it up horribly. <laughs> and I, uh, it was hilarious. The so pressure is that's, on. You're welcome for that song. That is yeah. that is why you got that song. That, that's, I mean, it's a good song. But <laughs> I that, want to remind why. everybody, maybe you're listening to the show and you're like, oh, I wish my friend would have heard the show because those boys are awesome. Yeah. Or, or maybe it had something to do with our really good guests. So <laughs> either way, if you missed the show, remember the very next day, that's Monday, you can always catch our show on iTunes. So you can go down there. You can subscribe to our podcast, Outspoken. Yes. Um, 
You can subscribe to it. You have to search it through through podcasts. That's the best way to find it. Mm-hmm. And then you can catch us. If you missed us, you can catch us every Monday. If you're working out and you want to listen, you can do it then. And what's better? That's what I do. You can go one better. Not mm-hmm. only can you listen to us, but you can review us, and we would much appreciate it. So we really would. Check it out. So if you wanted a friend to hear the show, maybe you loved that interview uh, with Eric, then, hey, you can tell them to catch that podcast tomorrow. And exactly. all of our past shows are on. I mean, a lot of our past shows are on there as right, well. Right, right, right. Well, now, okay, so I was listening to, because uh, every time we put it up, I listen to it, make sure it's all good. Yeah, me too. Just so, yeah, exactly. Yep. Just so you know, you know, oh, wh- what did I do wrong? Write your personal notes, right. that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that every time we play a song, we obviously edit it out on iTunes because we don't have uh, the license. We're not license. paying that. Yeah, we don't have the license to <laughs> we play can't it. We afford it. Um, so... I, I mean, it's it's just odd because we announce it and it hype up weird. the song and then it's like, and well, that nothing. was the song and <laughs> it's nothing. So you can go and, so you know, that pause is why it, editing look up is, the song, is do the whole hard. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And right. that is why when you when we announce a song, you don't hear it when, you, when you're on there. Because right. that's a whole other license fee than when we play Although, it on the radio. Oh, if so. we talk to Jack Mosey, maybe we can just stick his song in every single time there's a song break and then he gets more uh, exposure that way. And we have a song that plays, so you know. Then right. they listen to Jack Mosey every time instead of a break. Exactly. Maybe actually, hey, we're, we we're can always working it. for yeah, you. We'll so about I it. think that's really exciting to do. Now, if you want to see more of the boys, we do a lot of video stuff. <laughs> we <laughs> not going to lie. We really do. And uh, Mariah, who works with our team, um, she actually does a lot of videos. She does. She's a doll. We look so pretty a lot. She's amazing. And she gives us notes, and she's not afraid of us, which we don't know <laughs> what we think about that. Um, so she tells the truth. But anyways, she has done some two two videos for us in the last uh, couple of weeks. One is a short little, you know, hi, this is us. And one is like a five-minute intro to our, to our show. Mm-hmm. And you know what's exciting is there is a website that likes us that you can go see them both at your leisure or right now. Uh, it's ccesportsnetwork.com. Um, we totally think now would probably be good, but just don't stop listening to us. Yeah. But if you wanted to know more about the boys, you want to see our craziness, you want to hear a little bit of the backstory about how Sergey and I started doing this stuff and how he came on the show, go to ccesportsnetwork.com. They're showing us support, and we want to show them it right back. So it's a fun way to see us, and Absolutely. Uh, we're a little weird. Yeah, and you know, go watch it and see it there. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll put it right. up on our Facebook, our website. But we want you to show CCE some love first. Yes. So go there, so, and then maybe drop it. us a note. So and we'll give it to Mariah and tell her how awesome yeah, she is, and right. you can't believe she puts up with us. And I, <laughs> and she can send you a private note and go, you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> see heart. Oh, heart. Well, no, they um, don't see. So that's, no. That's the well, that's problem. why I was doing it for the people in Periscope. Also, if you're, I can't do the heart very well. Also, <laughs> if you want to watch us as at the craziness that we do between yeah. takes and on the live show, you can see it on Periscope. Just download that app we are on now. I will say during the interview, I, we were like giving thumbs up and stuff. Yeah. It never it didn't cross my mind that they can't hear the interview. All they hear is our part. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we're, we'll work on that it. Was a we'll great work on it. That was a great thing he just said. But you know what? If you're watching Periscope and you want to know why that interview was amazing, I mm-hmm. guess you could go to iTunes. Yeah. I, guess. I wonder I wonder if there's a way to plug in, you know, a, a different feed into that that goes straight from our mics and the You know what? We're we'll figure, figure it out. out. We'll totally get it um all figured out here it's pretty soon. Um anyways, so uh, keep watching, send us love on the Periscope because that's, right. that's what I mean you know, Mariah's making us look pretty today. And she'll be sending out, yeah. editing some more promos for us to send out on our YouTube channel. So, um, 
you know, make her her day worth make it her for coming in here the queen. to do this. But we have some exciting news. It's very exciting. Okay, we had Carmen Butler on a couple times, actually. Yeah. Uh, she called in for the Fun Drive show back in the spring, mm-hmm. and then she called in as a spotlight guest um, later on. So we talked to her, and of course, we talked a little bit about... Uh, you know, her new song and album coming out. Yes, and Carmen was nice enough to send us a copy of her brand new single, All These Lights. She's actually listening right now. Yeah. I just spoke to her briefly. Um, she sends all her love to all of the outspoken fans. And we are the very first show in the country to be de- debuting this You heard it here song. first. So you, we get to actually say you heard her song here first. Yeah. We love Carmen Butler. Remember, you can go see Carmen Butler at CarmenButler.com. She is an out alternative folk pop musician hailing from the California area, and she's well worth giving a listen. So without further ado, the debut single from her new album, we will play All These Lights. That was Carmen Butler with all of these lights, and you are back with KYRS, Medical Expocan, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. I do love that you add words to her, the title of her song. Oh, uh, did I say all of the lights? Yes. All, all of these, these beautiful lights. lights in this city that I live <laughs> in. No. All these lights. <laughs> all these lights, yeah. First of all, Carmen, I know that you're listening, and we love that you listen, and she's always so kind to us. Um so thank you so much for letting us be uh, one of the first to play your single. The first to play. Yeah, the first to play your single. Uh, it is more than an honor to know you, and I'm excited that we'll talk to you again in the future. That is one artist to watch for sure. Uh, just want to remind you about some cool things that we, we always love. First of all, we mentioned it. It's been a show where we talked about prep, so it's even a, more appropriate. It really is. But also on September 26th, that is a Saturday, that is when Spokane AIDS Walk will happen. That is with the Spokane AIDS Network. Uh, your boys from Outspoken will be there. They're handing us microphones for some unknown reason, but they're going to let us uh, uh, talk a little there. Remember, we have a team. If you want to come out and do something good for the community and uh, support the the prevention and the education of HIV, uh Definitely go out. Look at uh, SpokaneAidsNetwork.com um, or go to EndAidsWalk.org to get information in your city if you're listening from outside the Spokane area. Exactly. So if you're not here in Spokane, there is one in Seattle. Also, mm-hmm. South Sound. So really, east, uh, east and west side get the AIDS Walk. And it is a nationwide thing. It is a nationwide, exactly. So yeah. if you're in another state, I'm sure a major city near you has it. I know. but So we're excited to walk with you. You know, when we did the 5K for um, the Brain Tumor Organization, the Brain right, Tumor yeah. Association of America, um, we had a really good team. We actually showed up. Yeah, it was we impressive. We ran a 5K. There's pictures of me actually crossing, not crawling across, but actually crossing the finish line. Um and that was a lot of fun. We enjoyed everybody who came mm-hmm. out and, and uh, to, who ran with us on that race as well. Um, something else is coming. We talked in the first part of the hour, of we, the first hour. We did. We talked to Jack Mosey. He is an original recording artist uh, out of Seattle, actually. Um, he's a Peruvian artist. Did you know that? He was born in Peru, uh, moved here when he was very young. So uh, we will be having him come down, perform at the Viking on Saturday August 29th. No, we're always trying to bring new things to Spokane that maybe haven't been here before. Absolutely. And Jack is one of those. Don't forget that, I mean, that is kind of a food venue too. It's a bar and grill. It's all ages and it's free. So 
I Be, know. You're not doing anything and as far as I know you're, on 29th, so come down. I know. And you're listening to a brand new artist. We played two of his songs on the show yeah. today. Uh, very, he engages his audience very well. He dances he and makes you want, you danced I, yeah, actually, when we met him. If you go see the video uh, on our Facebook or our website, um, that's going to be... Uh, the Pride dancing because yeah, when we were down hosting uh, Mid Columbia Pride, yeah, Sergey was getting the crowd. Look, they weren't dancing, so I had to do a, a lot of work. So <laughs> I just went in. Someone and took a video, helped them dance, <laughs> and there's Sergey being crazy. Okay, someone Kurt took a video. Let's <laughs> okay, be honest. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt specifically <laughs> framed me as the dancer, and it worked because it was awesome, mm-hmm. and you did get the people involved um so remember uh you can always send us an email listeners at hotmesssunday.com check out our website of course to find out but don't forget mark it on your calendar right now we want to show jack some love like sergey said it's an all ages venue um you know it's free to get there and jack's going to entertain you for a couple hours he will so he will be here and you can listen to his music obviously we played it on the show we will play it every week jack will be calling in again so and he'll be on our show yeah, the day he after. Will. We'll talk to more to him about that. About. Now, if you can't get enough of the boys, we're everywhere. How really. could you? Yeah. Not, how could you get enough of us? It's insane. You, we write all the time. We do. Yeah, we actually do. Um, each of us do a blog on the boys' blog. Um, mm-hmm. So we talk about everything, really. I mean, we Just talk what's on our yeah, mind. Exactly. LGBT community, community, world, politics. Edu- I mean, everything. Whatever happens to be running through. Right, exactly. You talked about the LGBT community and really the tribes is what they are called. It really is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, and how we segregate ourselves. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And how labeling, it's really what it is, it's chasing labels, but how labeling can be a helpful thing in your society by giving you a place, a foundation to feel proud of yourself. And I see nothing wrong with that. It's when you hide within your label that things start getting shaky. And we talked about early in the show, I just think it's important for us to reach out to the other Mm -hmm. worlds of people and get to know uh, people. I I talked in the article about I'm always fascinated that we, even after two years, get the same questions all the time. All the time. Always asking us because we're such good friends. People notice that, but they need to make sense of it. And in order to make sense of it, they need to label it. And I... I like that it makes people go, what's happening? So it's part of the, you wouldn't know some of the greatest people if you stuck within just one label. Uh, if you don't step outside and say, hey, how are you? And right, see what exactly, happens. Exactly. Some, you know, you have to do that risk of rejection or people not wanting to be your friend. But, hey, you know. That's how that's life how really works. Exactly. So, and like I said in the article, I hope I never get it. Yeah. I really do yeah. hope I never understand why you and I are friends. I mean, other than the the big things of why friendship works, but sure, the spark yeah, yeah, yeah. and the yeah, whole thing that yeah. people talk about, I kind of like it because if I if I understand it, then I label it, and if I label it, then it breaks down. Exactly. And then, yeah. You know. It's well, a well, and I think it's important for your, you to define your label, not your label define you, which is what happens a lot of the times. I mean, yeah, you I think you're obviously a bear. You you self identify as a bear. You fit in the bear mold, so to speak. But at the same time, you're not only hanging out with bears you're not right. only you know not that i don't love my bears i you, love my bears, love bears but it's true you you yep. need to do that and right. speaking of bears let's just say it we have a panel next week that's right and what's it a panel bear, of bears. bear panel we're having panels we're starting those we're yeah. bringing in different aspects of the community and saying hey mm-hmm. how what's it like 
we're going to talk about these labels. Do you stay within those labels? What's it like coming from your perspective within the gay community? Um, and how do we reach beyond them? Yeah. You know, how do we celebrate who you are and yet make sure we make some bridges instead of walls? Trump. <laughs> bridges Just instead of Speaking of Trump, uh, the next, uh, well, not the next, the latest uh, blog that we put up, the article, uh, talking about Donald Trump and why he's kind of in the lead, uh, what he's doing, I, I don't want to say, but he, what he's doing right, essentially, mm-hmm. and um, why he's a, a successful candidate but will never be a successful president because he's really working uh, the candidacy and not the presidency. Yeah. He's never, he doesn't have that goal in mind. It's, I feel like almost it's just a, it's like a, a publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a marketing campaign. Right. It sounds he dumb. He knows that the crazier he gets, the more people are going to yep. tune in to him. But, but I, you make a yeah. distinction and I love it. Uh, good candidate, bad president. Right, right. <laughs> it's a thing. I people. mean, it is a thing. You can, you can be both, but not him. Well, no. And it's funny because he's riding that wave of the Rachel Dolezal, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> big scandal. How do scandal. I get my two minutes? Two minutes. I'm going to say crazy How do I things. Get two? Yeah. Yeah. And so. it's the Trump. It's a, Yeah, right. The Donald. The Donald, the Trump. I throw up. Yeah. Everything um, to get his name and face out there. Yeah, exactly. Hair. Hey, he knows what his brand is and his way of getting his brand out there is through the negative. It is. And you yeah. know what's sad is we, we make him very successful at that. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we... Obviously, talk about him all the time. Right? Constantly, like we are now. I do want to say really quick, uh, we were talking about Carmen Butler and her uh, debuting on our show, which we love. We do want to thank our friends over at Loud and Proud, and you can actually find out more about Carmen at loudandproudonline.com. They actually were the ones that originally got us with Carmen, and we love them for making that connection with us. So, you know, they have a great article over there on their website, and we encourage you to, uh, to go see it. So... It's fun times. It is fun times. And you know what? Uh, next week, we're going to be talking to Bears. Uh, we're going to have another great installment. Well, we're going to also talk to Engage Seattle. We are. That's right. They're that's, on next week's show as well. And I think I mean, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an incredible. We actually visited Engage Seattle when we were over there one time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, it's a and great networking group. Yeah, great it's, networking. it's a networking group that's not the one you're used to. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was amazing. And we mm-hmm. met a lot of really good friends there yeah, uh, we that did. we still stay in contact with till this day. And we, and we continue to. So, yeah. Hey, bears and socializing. I feel, I think that's a great party show. I agree. Bring I think it, 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 bring it. Hey, I'm ready. Um, So stay tuned to more KYRS, and we'll see you next week.